Hi, I'm Sada. And I'm Sada. And this is No Say No Ma'am, a weekly podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Twitter at Podcast or through our email at nosaynoman at gmail.com. Disclaimers for this week, I am still sick for like the fifth week running. Both. And yeah, and now we're both sick, so now I don't feel as bad. I know that's selfish to say, but... Yeah, I was... Uh... I've said this on Twitter, this is all your fault. How? I don't know how or why. I don't care, it's your fault. It's called karma, because you make fun of my immune system, you you get it, (laughs) alright? Also, disclaimers for this week, um, nope, it's gone, never mind, alright. This has been a week filled with like fevers and hallucinations and like general decrepitness, so... I mean, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into it, I guess. Let's. Okay, so, <coughs> um, this week, uh, well, let's, uh, let me give a little background first. So last week, we did record an episode, but it kind of went haywire. Um, I was sick and messed up, and the recording was weird, and we talked about a, re- a lot of really important things, but the episode just came out so like struggle tastic that we just decided not to post it. It wasn't it wasn't working for us. No, not at all. Like even on our very low standard of quality. Like, exactly. It didn't match. So um we just decided to like not make total fools of ourselves and not put it up and also have a little bit of just a little bit of self worth and like not put out actual <laughs> crap. Um, we're, yeah, we're trying to be lucid. Yeah, but um, the one of the things that we did talk about was all the things that have been happening at Jamaat al Khartoum. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately, things have been unfolding in a very um, concerning way. Things have definitely escalated. Yes, uh, escalation is definitely the word. There have been mass arrests, including... Like, picking up people from hospitals, picking up people from their lawyer's office, raiding the lawyer's office. Um, I believe that a few of the students were um, meeting with uh, lawyer Nabil Adib, and his office was raided while they were meeting. His office was even raided after their meeting, I think. He said that he came into his office the next day and found that his laptop was gone. I'm not surprised. But there were no signs of forced entry, so I thought that was I'm interesting. Like, And Muhim has just been a huge mess. Um, I was talking to Abdurrahman Ibn Auf on Twitter yesterday for like an hour about this topic and just like saying that mm-hmm. this has gone way beyond just an issue with the campus, you know, being allegedly sold or not. Like this has just grown completely out of that. Um, and I think he was telling me that a lot of this is also to do with the <clears throat> students asking for um, the students' association to be like reinstated or or something like that. Okay. Um, and the administration just kind of like dragging their feet about it. And of course, there you know 
there's a lot of power in the students association it kind of like brings them together and organizes them and so that might be something that you know certain people don't want um but in him it's just like for me I feel like this has become such a big issue and it's it's actually quite scary because if you know students we already know that like students are not allowed to like voice their opinions that's obvious in our country but not just students that goes for everyone though right and it goes for everyone but I think the idea that you can be attacked within your campus and like there's no safe haven for you Mm -hmm. and even afterwards like like there's no limit if there's no mafia like and then we're not gonna like overstep this boundary for people to be picked up like like injured students to be picked up at the hospital and like not get medical attention but instead get arrested and nobody knows where they are and whatever it's just kind of crazy and like it's it's really sad to say but i'm not surprised at all oh yeah definitely i mean i don't think it's surprising um and one student is actually being charged with homicide yeah with homicide um which I think is, like, insane. We have no idea as to, like, the conditions in which this alleged uh, amnigi or whatever, um, officer, was killed or died, but they've now, like, pinned it on this guy and, like, you know, like, if he's found guilty, which is crazy. And so when you think of, like, someone being in that position... And not even being able to, like, get legal help because people are getting picked up at lawyers' offices. It just is insane to me. Like I, I really have no idea what to say about this, seriously, because I, I don't really understand what's happening. Um, I don't know why uh, these students are being arrested. Right. I don't know what charges are held against them. Mm-hmm. Their parents don't even know where they are. Like, I have nothing to say. I really don't. I I just, I don't know. I have nothing to say. Because this has become such a much broader issue than just, like, students protesting over their campus or whatever. Like, this has become, you know, a security issue. This has become a major, like, judicial issue in the country. People trivializing this or seeing that, like, they're not getting other side, man, don't shove it out. Or, still saying that, though. I don't think anybody is now that, like, there have been charges of, like, homicide and whatever. I think people people have just realized that, like, okay, yeah, maybe, no joke. Maybe we were, you know, maybe we couldn't have been tough in the The thing is, <clears throat> talking about this is difficult because, I mean, for us, we don't want to get political because, you know, we value our freedom. Um, and at the same time, it's an issue that should not be it should not be ignored. Like, it should be addressed. But then also at the same time, you have no idea what's happening because so many things are happening at once. And so many different factors are into play at the same time. So, like, even if I wanted to talk about it, I, I'm very uninformed. Like, like these students are not just being arrested, in, you know, because of this particular incident. I think, like, a lot of it, like, my conversation with, with Ibn Arof yesterday was all about, 
like giving me background on these students who are actually being targeted because of their other activities or because of their political affiliation. I, I figured that the students who were being targeted would be, you know, students who are generally politically active or right. have some kind of influence on campus and all of that. I'm not surprised. I mean, I also think that it's interesting that a lot of the students who are, like the <clears throat> the students who were killed and... The, this this one student who is being <clears throat> charged with homicide, I think it's also interesting to note that these are all people from um, areas for Sudan that are Muhammisha, and these mm-hmm. are like people of minorities for Sudan. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of like a recurring theme or pattern. The people who get hit the hardest are actually the people who are least least represented who are most vulnerable and who are most vulnerable exactly and so it's easy for people to or it's easy to for them to be targeted and nobody to really take notice you know it's like the difference between the high school kids who died in 2013 and um what's his name senhuri who died in 2013 i did read um i can't remember who it was but someone tweeted um about the fact that Generally, the students who get into most trouble, students from, you know, like you said, marginalized parts of Sudan, or like minorities or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it made me realize that because this is such a sensitive issue and because there is absolutely zero media coverage on all that's been happening in the University of Khartoum. My only source of information is Twitter mm-hmm. to kind of like keep up with, you know, what's been happening. Yeah. And that's horrible because at the end of the day, I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea why it's happening. Yeah. And I just uh, like, I just don't know what to say. I also think that Twitter as a source is a little bit problematic because a lot of the things that we read on Twitter have like, how do I say this? are tinged with emotion yeah, which is definitely. absolutely understandable it's totally fine but like you're um I, f- I just feel like whatever i read on twitter i'm not really getting as much fact as i am getting reaction yeah. and so i don't i still don't know what's happening and it's even sadder that i feel like people don't aren't really as affected as they should be like i mean i don't know if that's fair to say but like i feel like the the people who are most affected are the people who do go to the Akhafatum or, right. you know, people who were exactly. injured or, you know, had some part in all of this. Right. Because, I mean, I understand that it's normal that you only care about something when it really hits home. But also, I feel like this whole thing is such a huge deal that I feel feel like some people are just really blase about this i don't know like it should be a much bigger issue than it is right now but it's not don't don't you think that people are just completely um how do i say this desensitized like disillusioned yeah Yeah, desensitized because it's happened before Mm -hmm. and they're like oh no okay it's 2013 again Well, Uh, too bad for these guys, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that though, and I was saying this yesterday, the one main success of these forces of evil that are upon us Mm -hmm. um, is that is that they have succeeded in making 
making people completely desensitized and like kind of reach a point of desperation where you just don't care anymore and nothing really affects you the way that it should like your level of tolerance completely agree right for bs and for mess is just like at an all-time high and so you just don't give a damn and that is exactly where everyone's at right now they're just numb and uh, yeah that's the exact word yeah just numb um i had a conversation with someone when i first came to sudan maybe like my first six months there and she had been she had she was you know she used to live outside of sudan she came and then she came to sudan and like stayed there for a while so she had been living for sudan for a while or for khartoum for a while before i came and she was kind of giving me advice on how to navigate like life here and she's like the first year is the hardest and then you get numb well and after that, nothing matters anymore. Like, it doesn't yeah. affect you. And I was like, at first, I was like, okay. You're like, okay, that's really sad, though, but okay. <laughs> and no, but it wasn't even that. It was like, oh, that, I, like, welcomed that because I was having such a hard time adjusting. Okay. And then after that kicked in and I started feeling very, very just unaffected by everything, just kind of, like, dead. Yeah. I Like, when I finally woke up, that was, like, maybe three years into it. I woke up and I was like, damn this is terrible yeah it's not a good feeling to be just completely dead inside like where nothing nothing affects you and i think that's how we've been living it is it is horrible but it's also very understandable oh yeah totally it's a survival mechanism exactly that's how people make it from day to day that's how people cope so exactly like i can't i can't judge that yeah like I don't know what to say. I, I don't know. I feel like I want to ask people, our listeners, like, you know, how do you feel about this whole issue? First of all, are you aware of it? Are you, like, keeping up to date about it? Or do you not care? And, I mean, no judgment there. Like, I'm not asking that as a form of, like, oh, my God, how can you not care about this? But I really just sincerely want to know, people, especially people who live for Khartoum, what do you think people's reaction is like on the street or whatever or the people around you how are they reacting to this are they aware of it and you know kind of like let's have a discussion about why as a people we react the way we do to the things like the the major events that happen in our lives like i don't know just let us know let us know how you feel i mean it's i don't want to sound dismissive but it's so complex and i have absolutely no idea what's happening and i just don't want to talk about it also like you said, I don't really want to get political with this podcast because yeah. Yeah. I do value you know, the freedom to say what we want on the podcast. Okay, well, um, I guess let's move on to our next topic, mm-hmm. uh, which is something a little bit lighter, slightly. Um, yesterday, um, <laughs> I was about to go to bed. I get on Twitter one last time. And um, I see people tweeting about Azalea Banks. And I'm like, oh, oh, hell no. I woke up to this, by the way. Like, and I'm like, oh, hmm, people seem excited on Twitter. I wonder what's happening. And I'm like, oh, it's this heifer. Okay, bye. Nope, not today. I'll be the miskino, lie. Because at first I was like, oh, I'm bored already. Like, I don't even know what happened and I'm already bored. But then I found out that she got in a Twitter argument with 14-year-old Sky Jackson, who is a Disney Channel, like, actress. She's 14. 
And Azalea Banks is 24. If you don't know who Azalea Banks is, she is a She's a problematic Yeah, I mean, well, technically her job is rapper, right? But she's most known for her various Twitter beefs with various quote-unquote celebrities. Um, And she, unfortunately, is very talented, but very troubled. Um, I don't even care about that anymore. (laughs) And Like, I can't, I can't. You know how there's a level of talent that one needs to have so that people tolerate your craziness? Like Kanye Kanye West. Remember that like that whole thing he did right before he dropped his album and he got into a fight with like Wiz and like sixty point manifesto for two. And I was done. I was like, Okay, I'm done. I'm done with Kanye. That's it for me. But then I listened to his album and I'm like, God damn. Okay, I'll I'll tolerate you just a little bit more. But that is not happening with this Heffa. Like, her music is not good enough for her to be acting a fool every single day. I can't. Like, she's not even making that much. I can't. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. So I think her beef started with Zayn Malik of, previously, of One Direction. Um, <laughs> Circa accused, last year or something. I don't know. And she basically accused him of stealing concepts from her video to put in his, I guess, or something, which, uh, like, didn't she just last week accuse Beyonce of, so she accused him of stealing, and he didn't address her, Aslan, um, he said, like, he had one tweet that said, I see you reaching, but I'm not gonna address it, or something like that, of course, and she quote tweeted it, and, like, went in on him, and proceeded to be incredibly prejudiced, with her tweets, of course, because that's what she goes to. Like, she's just so inflammatory, and she kept calling him. She went on Periscope after that. She called him a sand nigga. Oh, my God. She um, she said that his mom was a dirty refugee who would never get asylum. She called him a curry-scented bitch. Like, I can't. I, I, just, can, like, I cannot. I am unable. She had a lot of other uh, very homophobic comments that I cannot repeat because my mother is in the next room. Um, like Lovey said, the um, the word that starts with an F and rhymes with maggot. Said. <laughs> um, she's she just went in. Why is she and so, so then mad? this poor little girl, this poor little Sky Jackson, then tweets. Um, Azealia Banks needs to simmer down. She didn't at her. She just tweeted that. That's it. That's all she said. And Azalea turned around and started going in on her, telling her that she's, you know, uh, she know, grow some hips or whatever, some something like. Also, that. can we please just um, underline the fact that uh, this girl, what's her name, Sky Jackson, Sky Jackson, she did not tag or mention Azalea Banks no, in she this didn't tweet at all. She just randomly tweeted it out to the world. I don't know how she found that shit. But she was on it. I don't know how she finds it. She's so but like uh, of course she doesn't have time to make music. If that's not a sign of Adam Shagala, I don't know what it is because how do you find it's like you sit around just searching your name all day Girl, and waiting for somebody to say something even remotely bye. that bye. you can just like turn around and make into an argument. And the fourteen year old proceeds to drag her to the pits of hell in the best 
way mm-hmm. possible. This little girl. Her etches. They were snatched. They were gone. Azalea Banks. None of them were left. Already struggling edges. Oof. She. <laughs> oh my God. She told Azalea Banks basically that she should uh, focus on her career or try to make one because she's, you know, on the struggle bus. And Azalea Banks was like, oh, you know, Disney, what are you? Nobody even knows who you are. I don't even know who you are. Um, uh, you're just a meme. And the girl said, a meme with 2.3 million followers. My memes are more relevant than you. And I died. <laughs> like... When you ether someone like that, oh, it was beautiful. And then she's like, oh, is your mom tweeting for you? And then um, accused her of body shaming or something like that. I don't know how that works. Anyway, oh, I didn't even get to that part. The argument ended with Sky Jackson telling Azalea to take the L like a champ. (laughs) (laughs) And just like chug the deuces and left. And I was like crying. Tears of laughter were streaming down my face like, Damn, this 14-year-old bodied you. Like, that's it. You're done. So a bunch of people were tweeting, like, damn, if you got rocked by a 14-year-old, you don't have a rap career no more. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. You know, last week when we were talking about um, Lemonade, and we mentioned that Isolia Banks was really mad at Beyonce for A, stealing her concept, Mm -hmm. and B, like, not giving her credit. And she's like, oh, And how can you say you're a sister? You're not empowering your sisters, blah, blah, all of that. Um, Lily Banks went for this, regardless of her being 14, I mean, what the fuck? She went in for her career. She's like, oh, you know, they don't like girls your color in Disney. And, you know, they're going to replace you with some other dark-skinned black girl, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, is that you empowering your sisters? Yeah. Like, is it? What? Right. I mean, I think Azealia Banks, as a package, is just very problematic to me. Listen, I'm done. I'm done. The fact that, first of all, she would pick on a 14-year-old, like, grow up, girl. Like, are you kidding me? Secondly, the fact that the first thing she goes to is, like, these racist or bigoted or, like, just, or homophobic comments or whatever. She's like making fun of the girl's shape like you should you should she said you should grow some breasts or something. I, I was like she really oh my god what is wrong I, with you I'm like so done. I just I feel like Azalea Banks needs a hug and some counseling some serious I think she needs a slap she needs like a, a good ass whooping she's she's a mess she's a hot ass mess and I I feel I would feel bad for her if she wasn't so goddamn annoying and if she wasn't so inflammatory, like, why? I don't you? listen. I like first it was like, oh, you know, that's just her. We like her because she speaks her mind and she's like very anti-system. And she's very independent and she does her own thing. But that's not the, but you like her because she's messy. You don't like her because she speaks her mind. You like her because she's messy and you like watching her mess. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's sure. That's well and good. And then she went around calling everyone and their mom is a faggot. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, he needs to sit down. Stop. And then people were like, oh, no, it's because, you know, she's so talented. And you can't contain that in a person. And, you know, that's why she's a bit wild and all of that. And I'm like, my husband. Okay. Yeah. No. No, I refuse. And then the other excuse I heard for her was, um, 
Oh, you know, she's a dark-skinned black girl from, I don't know, Harlem or Queens or whatever the fuck she is, uh, she's from. And, and, you know, people are like, oh, when you grow up like that, you have it really hard and you become very aggressive because people are always coming for you and you're always on the defense. But nobody was coming for you. I don't care at this point. At this point, she's becoming the oppressor. Exactly. I do not care for this lady. I can't. I'm done. Yeah, no. I read somebody was saying that she's uh, she's bipolar. She suffers from bipolar that's, disorder. She's not going to piggyback a serious reaction. mental health problem because she's yeah. dumb. Um, like, I'm she's not okay just with that. so immature. Yeah. She's she's bored and she's immature. And she needs attention. Just like, I can't acknowledge her existence anymore so after her racist and homophobic com- or basically after her racist comments she would call she was like zane i'm gonna call you punjab from now on all that which is like what does that mean that's okay so he's daisy like thank you i don't like what i don't understand what your point is like how is that an insult anyway so twitter clapped back with a hashtag it was hashtag curry scented bitch which is what she called zane and proceeded to give me low self-esteem because everybody and they mama, like all the Daisies showed up and showed out on this hashtag just being absolutely beautiful and flawless. Well, get and it, I was girl. just like, see, let you have a little kalam And you know what? She's prejudiced towards every, like everyone, just everyone. Everyone, and, yeah. Like, because this other guy who had nothing to do with this no dogs in this fight like just minding his own business making a remix of like some zane song or whatever and she jumps on his shit and she's like oh you fucking um house nigger making i'm like i can't for your two white masks and i'm like girl Girl. what girl I can't. And she called like um I don't remember when this happened, but I think someone came, it was like a really dark girl and she's like, Oh you fucking tar baby and I'm like, Oh <gasps> no. Oh hell Oh no. my god. You're not going there. No, she's she's legit like I can't I can't make excuses for this bitch anymore. It's not happening. So I used to feel bad for her and like kind of sort of just be like, Oh, but she's so talented. But like you said, there comes a talent. There comes a point where your mess outweighs your talent, and that's when I can't, I can't be there for you anymore. So Azalea mm-hmm. Banks, I'm sorry. I am Ramel Toptik. I, I feel like we've crossed that. We've crossed that line um, a while ago. Yeah. For me. Oh yeah. So I thought she was cute for maybe like three months, and then she was acting so like I can't. Manish. Um, I hope you find some solace or comfort some inner peace in an uber to take you to the fucking studio well <laughs> okay then um moving on um our final topic girl what is our final topic for this week <sighs> that tweet with the oh shit yeah. this is gonna give um, me a courthouse so i'm gonna let you go ahead and explain because i, I okay um, someone tagged us on this tweet earlier this week. Shout out to Raj, who, who tweeted, who tagged us on this tweet with a smiley face. Girl, ain't nothing to smile about in this tweet, but thank you. And the tweet is from some person on Sudani Twitter who tweeted, <clears throat> and I apologize in advance for this. 
الحرة ما بتعمل زمام and I can you translate that because it's gonna sound so ridiculous in English okay um a free woman does not pierce her nose and by free he <laughs> means so a non-slave woman mm-hmm. and I just I I didn't see this tweet until right before we were about to record but I did see someone tweeting earlier today about like complaining about um about Sudani Twitter arguing about Azumam and Azumam mm-hmm. and it was basically just like Azumam has been part of Sudanese culture since forever. And I'm not sure the connection between Azumam equals Gilad. I don't understand. I've always wondered that. Because we and Azumam. So I don't understand yep. where this came from. Like, I don't get it. Um, but, in, but reading this tweet, it's more than just... Oh, girl, it's layered. There are angles and layers to this tweet. It's about more than just a Zuman. I don't know where to start. First of all, let's, I'm going to tackle the easy point, which is a Zuman. Finihaya is none of your goddamn business. Why do you care? But we, we discuss this every single week. I think if people in Sudan could just be as passionate about their own damn business or about everyone else's, I think everyone would be popping. They'd be so successful. Or at least shit that matters, Yahi. At least things that actually matter in everybody's lives, Yahi. If you could put in a quarter of the effort you put in to tear down women or to tear down due to put the snapchat flower filter or whatever oh yeah that also i don't <laughs> if you could use a fraction of that effort to something that actually freaking matters maybe we would get somewhere but y'all out here doing the most talking about oh you're not a man if you do the flower filter you're not a bit how about that? Inta inta. Al magatta al adab. Usid al adab. Usid al riyala. Rahwarina. Uh huh. I just I don't get it. I'm just gonna say this once, and I'm never gonna say this again. Oh yeah. Azumam has been part of Sudanese culture forever. Forever and ever. What does a pierced nose have to do with akhlaq? Absolutely nothing. That's the answer. That's the only answer. Ma inda iya alaqa ba iya iya. Astronaut suit, you're still the same trash. Exactly. Why do we have to keep saying this? I don't understand. Reach it. Say it louder for all the guys in the back. Which brings me to the second part of this tweet, which is Tragic, tragic. We're we're going straight into it because it's um when I actually first read the tweet. I had to read it like five times with different kinds of tishkil <laughs> to kind of make sure that I got it right. Because <laughs> I was like, um, maybe, Because <laughs> I was like, maybe it's like some slang, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, maybe it means something else because I just cannot imagine a guy using this word in that context because... 
what the actual fuck I don't understand. But yep, he he meant he meant it like that. So all right, oh my god, let's let's get into it. Um, إحنا في ألفين وستاشر كويس. From your tweets, I see that you are not a you are not an old person. For the moment, you are not an old person. For the moment, you are not an old person. you are a waste of air. You are occupying this planet and you shouldn't be. I second that. What is the point of this word I thought I misunderstood when I read that tweet because I was like but like as opposed to whom like what are you talking about I don't understand I just I had to like sit there for a minute and yeah we just need to we need new generations to refresh our thinking or refresh the way that we deal with the world. I am, am, I am at every turn completely disappointed. You made the effort in Okay, You didn't think, you didn't think, you know, maybe a kilma ما ظريفة خليك من باقي الكلام الكلمة دي ما ما ظريفة ممكن أنا بس أقول البيت ما بتعمل زمام مثلا أو البيت الكويس ما بتعمل زمام قوله يا أخي خلاص بس كل اللي عندنا قوله لكن ليه أنت you made the effort إنك to choose this word you you made a concerned effort to express this thought in this way it's not just you being funny that's just not funny trash 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 that's trash how gross how gross are you it's, um... and you know what I I feel like in our Sydney society that we kind of always make excuses for people. So for old people, it's always like, oh, but you know, they're from another generation and maybe they actually had slaves and they don't understand how the world has evolved. And, you know, it's just, so we make excuses. And like, not that, I'm not going to say I understand that because I've checked older people in my family for using that word, including my father. But, uh-huh, like, like if, if you're 20, like, what's what's your excuse? How did you, how, how did this happen? Who hurt you? <laughs> I don't understand. Because sometimes, you know how people, people use words and they don't really know what they mean. No, okay, you think it's funny No, he knew what it meant. Because if he used it in that context, he definitely knew what it meant. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. It's all because of the older generation. But you're doing absolutely nothing to change anything of their negativity in yourself. Any of their negative characteristics, you just carry them on with pride. You don't even you don't even give a damn. You don't even care. But you're so ready to drop the the blame on them and their generation. But you don't want to make zero effort. You won't even try to be a little more aware or a little less ignorant. Nope. Nope. For you, Adi. Nobody's gonna be affected by it, right? Because it's not about me. It's not about my people. Or you what what is this? Like Which is why I like people on Twitter um to send this 
their thoughts about this very subject. Do you use these words? And if you don't, do you check people who use them in front of you? Um, do you think people pick them up from their families or like what, what's up people? And also, what do you think would be a very efficient way to just teach people to do better this, this specific topic? Why do you think people are so blase about discrimination and al-qabariyah in Sudan? Or it's something that is, it shows our, you know, that we're not affected by tribalism and discrimination that we can just freely make these jokes and do you think that people are being oversensitive i, I want to know like i want to know people's opinion about this stuff because i saw that word just now like and i how are we in 2016 and we're still using kalam zayda we're still using these terms i don't here's what i think i think that people who are born and raised and live all their life in Sudan are more blasé to using these words because at the end of the day, as a Sudanese who has an Arab quote-unquote heritage or whatever, you're you're not really oppressed in your own... Well, you are by your government, but that's, that's another that's issue. That's different. Yeah, that's different. But I mean, you know, socially, you're not a minority and and you don't really, I think people are just very desensitized to anything or anyone who's different. Like, they don't really care because you're not my people. So, like, whatever. But I feel like as soon as you leave Sudan and live in a country because you are oppressed and you are marginalized and people don't look at you like they don't consider you like they would consider other ethnicities and all of that then you're like oh okay well maybe that's how other people feel in Sudan you know what I mean like obviously I'm I'm not saying that all people who live in Sudan are desensitized to, to this thank god but like I, I feel that when you when you're on the receiving end of that kind of oppression, you kind of realize what it does to a person. I'm reading through the interactions with this person and uh, who tweeted this, and someone, <clears throat> I'm, I think she's a, a, a lady, woman, girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what now? grandfather who's obviously Sudanese and who was a civil servant in like the 50s or 60s mm-hmm. and so a bunch of these civil servants from Khartoum mm-hmm. were sent to the states um to get I think it was like a training or a conference or something of that sort uh so they get to New York and they put on their nicest suits it was the first time they went abroad and you know left Sudan and all of that Mm-hmm. Um, they had their swag on and then they started walking in the street looking for a restaurant and they get into the first restaurant they see 
and it's a white guy and he's like uh we don't serve niggers well and they were like uh yeah we feel you we're not white we're arabs we're not niggers. Yeah, they're like, what oh are you talking God. about? And the guy was like, I don't care what kind of special nigger you think you are. We don't serve niggers. Well, Sudanese people get a reality check. And I think that was a, a turning point in all of their lives. <laughs> because they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see you now. It, so you see that, yeah. We, for example, am I talking about Sudanese? I'm Canada or whatever. They have this idea that somehow they're not black, and therefore they're not gonna be like they're on a different level than like African Americans or even other Africans. Mm-hmm. When in reality, nobody gives a crap. You are the same. You're going to be treated like trash just like any other minority in this country because you are a minority. And not even America Canada because like the land of the white man. No, like when I studied in Malaysia mm-hmm. and he was telling me that there's restaurants where they're like, oh, we do not serve niggers or dogs or something like that. Oh, well. And it was just like, oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's like very normal. So, and we look down on everyone, like Southeast Asians, um, it, everyone, everyone, like, like, be, we're, we're at the bottom of that totem pole. Yeah, like, we really are. My cousin, um, uh, lives in the right? Uh, mm-hmm. And when she came back, she was like, لساننا طويل بس بس بنعرف للكلام احنا كنا نقول الهنود ده شنو بعرف بتاعنا والله عاملونا احسن ما عاملونا الدكتور الدكاتره عاملونا احسن مما بعاملونا في بلدنا ما بعرف شنو المستشفيات and she was just like went on this whole tirade about how we're like we're we have such you know we're so good at trash talking we have such big mouths but we we don't have anything to back it up like and it's true we're not on the same level. We're not even remotely. Listen, I love this country. I love Sudan, but it's so difficult when people are such. Like, I, I think we need a very large serving of humble pie. We just do. Yeah, let's let's just start with that. Let's look. Let's let's be a little bit more introspective and a little more humble and like actually accept our reality. And try to change it before we look outward and like have something to say about other people's business. Mm-hmm. That's that's just it, and that applies for us as a country, for us as a people, and for you as an individual, sir. Agreed. How about you look at yourself and how you present yourself and how you act and your insides and your soul and your nia before you talk about other people? Gadin the kharaton or the gadin ayunon or the gadin mukhag deshalaya. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But that's all I have to say about this. I can't talk about this guy anymore. I am ready for yes or yes, ma'am, if you are. Okay, please go for it. Okay. Um, my yes sir for this week goes to uh, Khalid al Oh, I love him. I mean, I, I, I don't know him personally, but I really like his work. He is a uh, Sudanese... Um, 
cartoonist who lives in a Doha. Yes, he is. Um, he's a political cartoonist, and the stuff he makes is so clever mm -hmm. and so smart and so on point. <clears throat> if you don't follow him on Twitter or Instagram, you should because he's definitely worth it. He as he you know, addresses a lot of issues, especially Sudanese issues. He has a lot of, he's very visible. He has a lot of exposure. He's very internationally known. Mm -hmm. And um, he brings our issues to light, including right now, um, he has a, a, a cartoon, which he calls Khartoun, which I think is really like clever. Yeah. He has a cartoon on uh, the issue, the, this Jawat al-Khartoub issue. And um, Basically, he's using it to mm -hmm. get international attention. So if you see him on Facebook, he has a Facebook page, he's on Twitter, he's on Instagram, he's everywhere. Um, look at his stuff and share that post because this is how we get exposure and this is how we get our stuff out there for the people who can, you know, do something when we can't. Um, but anyway, he's very, he's very, very brilliant. Um, and he's my yes sir for this week. He is very, very talented. Yeah, he's very, very talented. Uh, he also, I think, did... Um, a tour across the U.S. last week. Oh, did he? And, yeah, and um, he spoke at a arts middle school in, mm -hmm. I forget which state it was, but um, anyway, he talked to them about art, you know, as a way to make a living in art, like, as being powerful. Yeah. And I would love if it, like, if he could do that for Khartoum or wherever, like, that would, that would be really... oh that would definitely be cool but i think he's not even allowed to come in the country yeah that's what i was gonna say i don't know how much of a fan base he has in the sudanese government so yeah, yeah. i'm gonna say no <laughs> so maybe not <laughs> so maybe not <laughs> Uh, but anyway, follow him. We'll tweet his handles everywhere and some of his work so that you can see. Um, so yeah, that's my yes sir for this week. Cool. Do you have a yes ma'am? Because I, I got nothing. I do have a yes ma'am for this week. And it goes along with our last, ep well, technically last week's episode, which we didn't air. But we did share a yes sir for, mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah, we shared a yes sir, yes ma'am last week and our yes sir was Omar Asim who is a um, Sudanese fashion designer. Oh yeah, I, I checked out his line. By the way, it's gorgeous. I love it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so this week um, to go on with that same theme, I am sharing <clears throat> my yes ma'am for this week which is uh, Azza Youssef and she is... She's a stylist and, and I don't know if she's still there but she was an editor for Vogue Men in Paris. I think she still is. She's a she's the um, fashion editor for Vogue Men, and she is a stylist. She's doing incredible work. Yep. She's brilliant and amazing. And I went to high school with her, so haha. -ha. Oh yay! Um, <laughs> but I'm not shouting her out because I went to high school with her because I really do admire her work. Um, so she is another one of um, those Sudanese gems who are in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you should check her out. We'll also tweet her. Um, she has. She's on Instagram, I believe. I haven't seen her on Twitter, but she's on Instagram, so we'll tweet that stuff and we'll tweet some of her stylist work. Um, and yeah, that's those are my shout-outs. Great. Good way to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> any any last points that you would like to share? Anything Not today. Like to say? I have a new infection and I just want to die, so not today. Oh. 
Yes, please pray for us because we're both dying on separate continents. <laughs> um, Why is our karma so bad? I feel like we've done something wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is yet. Is it because we trash talk people every week? But it, but with reason. I mean, we don't just do it for the sake of I it. I know, right? We're not just mean. <laughs> we're not on an Azalea Banks trip. We're just, no. you know. We're oh, just... Lord, no. Anyway, that's it for this week. I'm done. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.